0: What's up, family? How y'all doing? Welcome to Therapy Thursdays. My name is Isaac Curry, and I'm excited to be able to have a session with you today. I hope that you all are ready for what I believe God would have for us to discuss on this evening. Wherever you are from around the world, if you're tuning in for the first time, let us know in the comment section. All of my cousins, listen, let our family know that we're glad that they're they're fellowshipping with us on this evening. This is Therapy Thursday, and I'm excited for what God is about to do. We're always grateful that you take your, your maturity, your healing, your growth, um, you take it seriously, so we thank you all for tuning in, both uh, Pastor Flowers and I. We thank you. Listen, I want to pray with you, and I want to jump in to our session for today. I'm excited. Um, it's sobering. Um, it's a sobering message, but I want—I really want to—I want to dive into it, and I want us to be able to be honest with one another about uh, this subject of peace. Can we do that? Can I pray with you? Let me pray with you. God, I thank you. You've ordained this moment. This is a moment that you have given us to sit still, to reflect, to be honest, to assess ourselves, and to allow your spirit to convict us, your spirit to encourage us, and to give us direction. So Lord, I pray that you bring back to memory bring back to remembrance everything that we've discussed, everything that you've deposited within me so that God, even in this moment, that you can feed, that you can speak, and that you can help your children. God, let us have a time that is high in you. Lord, my God, I thank you. We bring you glory. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, the words that are spoken, bring glory to you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Listen, (sighs) I'm excited. Welcome uh, to Therapy Thursday. I wanna talk from a subject about peace. Somebody type peace. I think if we're honest, more of us than not are struggling with really being at peace. We live in a world, a society in which I believe we're always on the go, we're always worrying, we're always stressed. And the one thing we lack is consistent peace. from counseling sessions from therapy sessions from from being able to mentor and to pour into the lives of so many people one of the consistent threads whether married whether single whether divorced whether widowed whether in college whether graduating starting a career changing careers entering into ministry leaving ministry shifting relationships one of the common thread that I believe we as believers wrestle with is truly knowing how to protect our peace because here is a truth the enemy is waging war against your thoughts because he knows that if he can impact your thoughts then he can seize control of your peace. Because if there's one thing the enemy knows, the devil knows this. If I can render a believer, a Christian, a disciple, without peace, then he and she, man, they're useless. Have you ever, let me me ask you this, whether now, recent, have you ever just felt like you lost your peace? like you misplaced it, like you've been robbed of your peace. In order for us to have this session, I need you to be able to be honest. I don't need you to quote the scriptures in the comment. I don't need you to say, no, you've all, no, I need real people because God cannot heal. He cannot help what we're unwilling to expose. Like I lost it. I misplaced it. You can be in church, you can be serving in leadership, you can have perfect attendance. I'm at church every Sunday and still not have peace. Like, have you ever, I know what it's like, my God, to have misplaced my peace. I know what it's like to not have had a night of restful sleep for 43 days and crying every single night i i know what it's like to lose my peace and to not know where to find it i know what it's like to receive a diagnosis from the physician and it be so bleak that my peace was nowhere to be found to be on the cusp of yet another failed relationship and people are looking at me like what's wrong with you to not have money in my pocket to not have anywhere to lay my head homeless sleeping on someone else's couch and someone else's couch and i'm an adult with master's degrees i know what it's like to have the degrees behind my name and still not have an ounce of peace because i'm stressed i'm worried i'm filled with anxiety i know what it's like to sit outside the psychiatrist's office because i don't i feel like i'm losing my mind and I need any help, some help. I know all the scriptures, I but still, where in the world is my peace? Go to sleep tired, wake up tired. Do I get, I need somebody like, have you ever just, you know, you're the glue to the family and your friends and everybody's coming to you and nobody's concerned about the stress on you and you trying to be the answer to everybody and you don't have you can have money in your pocket and still not be at peace. You can build your house. You can build your career. You can be uh, someone who has many followers and, 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 a, and a nice family and the white picket fence and still not have somebody say peace. I know what it's like to have peace and it be disrupted. And what I think we need to talk about today is I need to protect my peace. Hmm. Somebody felt that. Yo, like, like, I need to protect my peace at all costs. My peace is so expensive, it's so valuable that I cannot let my peace be disrupted. And if you want to know like how to protect your peace, <laughs> and you're in the right place. Uh, but if you feel like this is not a message that applies to you, you got peace, you got it figured out, you know peace, you're, you're friends with peace, and, uh, right, cool. Well, maybe you can package this message for somebody else, but I'm telling you, you need this. But I think that if we're going to talk about how to protect our peace, that there are a few other things we need to understand about peace. Number one, there's there's two things I want to share with you that we have to know off or we have to get understood off the bat. When we talk about peace, the first thing is for you, you have to determine whether peace is a gift or it's compensation. Before we talk about anything else related to peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, inner peace, right? You have to determine, is peace a gift or is it compensation? Is it a gift or is it compensation? Is it a gift, is it compensation? And in order to determine whether or not peace for you is a gift or is compensation, you have to determine what is the author and the distributor of your peace, right? Because either peace for you is a gift that is free or it's the result of your hard work. Huh? For some of us, the peace you have is connected to the world and not the word. For some of us, the peace that you have is connected to the health of your relationship the peace that you have is because your job is is providing you security the peace that you have is because your friends and your family are all in alignment for some of us now i know there's always people in the crowd who will always say no i got peace i got peace but if the people closest to you if i were if you were to have a conversation with them closest to you behind closed doors do they see peace on you The first thing you have to determine is peace for me connected to my circumstances, connected to my success, connected to what I do, connected to where I go, connected to my health, compensation or is it a gift free? When you look at the text, John chapter 14, 27, let me help you. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. Now, in order for us to be able to protect our peace, we have to understand peace. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Another translation, I am leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give you. John 14, 20. Jesus is essentially saying the peace I give you is not the same peace that the world can give you because the peace that the world gives you is not quite a gift it cost. And, and the peace that I give you is free. But the peace that the world gives you is always connected to something else. And it could be, it's a possibility that the peace that you're embracing and that you're confessing you have is connected to some conditions. Because the peace you're supposed to embrace and you're supposed to walk with, it doesn't matter if you're sick Epaphroditus and Philippians, it doesn't matter if you're in a fiery furnace, Daniel, the three Hebrew boys, Daniel chapter three, it doesn't matter if you're in, in the bottom of a boat and it's a storm, you can sleep peacefully. That's the peace we're supposed to have. But Jesus says in John chapter 14, and I want to help you. He, he, he simply says the peace that I'm giving you. And if, if Jesus is giving you, if it to you, Then he's saying you don't have to work for it. I'm giving it to you. It's at your disposal. The world can't give what I'm giving to you. They will give you a piece, but the piece the world gives you is temporary. The piece that the world gives you is based on your performance. And so the first thing that we have to be able to determine is the piece in your hands, the result of compensation of something you've done. You've earned it? Or is the peace you have a gift free? Number one. The second thing I believe we have to determine is whether or not the peace you have is a gift. But the second thing is we learn by looking at this passage. Number two is peace is always accessible to you instantly. As a believer, you always have instant access to peace. If we're looking at the text, Jesus says, I'm leaving with you peace. And the peace that I'm leaving with you is not the same peace as the world. So if Jesus is leaving with us, believers, peace, then this means no matter what you got going on, Those right now having anxiety attacks, those right now stressed about tomorrow, don't have money in the bank, and your, your heart is broken, whatever it could be. As a believer, the second thing you have to know is that the peace of God is always instantly available to you. It's available for download. Do you know what it's like to have an upgrade available to you? and you never download it? Talking to my wife, the reason why your phone is not operating the way it needs to operate, it could be that you need to download the update. I don't feel like it's available to you and it's free. All you gotta do is sit still and download it and it's right there, it's at your disposal. Could it be that you're trying to search for peace and manipulate and improvise and make peace when peace is already available. those two things. So let me share this with you. Either peace is a gift or it's the result of compensation. And as a believer, you have to realize that peace is readily available for you. All you got to do is download it. Jesus said, I'm leaving this with you. You don't have to, it's it's right here with you. But then there's something else I need to share with you as we answer the question and as we discover in my own life right now, Isaac, listen, bro, bro, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I lost a loved one. I'm sick. I don't know what career move to make. I don't know what school to go to. I, 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 I'm lonely. I'm angry. I'm disappointed at my father. I'm not talking to my mother. I, I got children who are wayward. Like I'm alone in the city. I don't know where to, I I got church hurt. The goal of the devil is to impact your thinking so that he can seize control of your peace. Because if he can impact your peace, he can impact your entire life. Because everything, peace guards everything. So here's the thing. There's three reasons I can tell you right now why you do not have peace. Hear me. There's three reasons that I can diagnose, that I can even look into your life. I can close my eyes and I can say there's three simple reasons why you don't have peace right now. The first and usually the primary reason why we don't have peace is because you're usually seeking to find peace on your own. You're trying to produce peace by yourself. Like how how and why would you try to manufacture peace in your life? You think that if you get that relationship you gonna be peaceful. You think if I can just get that wedding ring, if I can just get her to say yes, if I can just get him to propose, then I'm going to be happy, peaceful. One reason and one of the main reasons is because you're seeking peace on your own. And usually, when you're seeking peace on your own, this is this means or this is the result that you, are, you have an aspect of your life that has not been submitted to God. When you're not at peace, when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, when you're filled with anxiety, when you're worrying, when you're frustrated, when you're bitter, when you're angry, and your spirit is not settled, it's usually because... You yourself have an aspect in and around your life that you have not fully submitted to God. You're trying to fight the battle yourself in allowing instead of allowing God to fight the battle for you. And as a result, you don't have peace. You know this, but you got to hear this again. You can have peace in this aspect of your life. So you say, but here is an aspect of your life that you're trying to figure out that you're trying to manifest, that you're trying to make, you're trying to maneuver yourself, why would you seek after peace alone? You've prayed about it. You've cried about it. You've asked others to pray for you, and yet you still pick it up because it's hard for you to submit that thing and that person to God. This is why, you are, you, you don't have any peace. Hmm. Second reason. Second reason why you don't have peace. The second reason why you may not have peace is because you're spending your peace in wasteful places. Can I say it that way? The peace you had, you gave it away or you spent it in wasteful places. Or you keep giving it to vampires and wasting it on dead things. You know, vampires, they suck out of you. They, they, they suck the life out of you. And the reason many of us, the reason why I can speak to you right now and say, hey, you don't have peace, is because you keep giving it to someone who you made your assignment and God never told you that person was your assignment. And that person is draining you and sucking the life out of you, but you keep supplying that person the straw. What is it like, I don't have peace, I'm stressed, I'm complaining, but you're the author of the fact that you don't have peace. You can blame the other person for being the other person, but you keep placing yourself in a position because you are making your child your assignment to to fix and and to, to, no, no, that's your child. Good steward, but you still gotta give your child to God that situation to God, that parent to God, that friend to God, the relationship to God, that marriage to God. A reason why many of us don't have peace is because you're taking your peace and you're giving it, spending it in wasteful places. Mm. Yeah, that thing you're making your assignment and That's not your assignment. And you want to know how I know it's not your assignment? Because that person is okay. You're the one stressed. You're the one losing sleep. You're the one uh, that's stressed out. Hmm. You don't have any peace. The third reason, the last reason, why you don't have peace. Now, this gets real deep like we got we got to put on our scuba our scuba gear not but but for real the third reason why you don't have peace is because you stop praying about it now if we're having a session and it's just me and you it's just us right believe it or not majority of the time The stress that we have, the lack of peace that we have is the direct result of the fact that you stopped taking it to God. Either God didn't move quick enough or you just out of habit are going to fix it yourself. Could it be when someone comes to you about, first thing you should always, did you pray about it? Did you talk to the Lord about it? Ask, ask. The next time a, a situation occurs that requires you to use your energy and potentially disrupt peace, did you take it to God first? It's a 90% chance that no, I didn't. Hmm. So those are three reasons why you don't have peace, but there's a few reasons why you may have peace, but your peace is being disrupted. It's not the same as not having peace, but for some of us, you have peace, but you keep allowing your peace to be disrupted. Like, why do you keep allowing your peace to be disrupted. Your need, your deep-felt desire or need to have to explain yourself every time you make a decision to that person or those people, every decision you make, you got to explain yourself, you got to explain yourself. Everything you do, I got to over explain, I got to explain, is disrupting your peace. The fact that you have to explain every decision you make to people who won't be there post-decision or who are not invested in your future is disrupting your peace. Believe it or not, every time you make a move, I gotta explain, I gotta justify, I, whether insecurity or whether it's past hurt or whatever the case, that or whatever's unresolved, the fact that you have to to explain yourself and feel like you need to explain and tell people why you do every. That's disrupting your peace. Hmm. Another thing that disrupts your peace is the fact that you're not holding up your end of the boundary. Not the bargain, but the boundary. There is a boundary you established, but you don't hold up your end of the boundary. I know I need to draw the line. I know that I need to keep my space. I know that I need to say no. I know that I need to say stop. I know that I need to have self-care. I know that I need to create a boundary with my friends, with my family, with my parents and our marriage, with my singleness and my time, but you yourself don't hold up your end of the bargain. And because, You don't hold up your end of the bargain. You are disrupting your own peace. Can you believe that? So it could be that you don't need to hear anything else. What you need to be reminded of is, yo, you've already established a boundary. Now you need to learn to follow through with keeping the boundary. Another reason, he said this, but said it another way, that your peace is being disrupted is because you're trying to be an answer to everyone else's problem. You feel that you need to care for, cultivate, and nurture everyone else's problem. You need to be everyone else's nurse or everyone else's firefighter. And because you need to be everyone else's firefighter, everyone else's nurse, you don't have enough time for your own self or your own marriage. And you wonder why you don't have peace in your home. Not all the reasons, but one of the reasons could be that you're spending all of your energy everywhere else, all of your time trying to be an answer to everyone else. And as a result of you making everyone else your assignment, it's leaving you without peace or your peace being disrupted. Hmm. The last reason of why I believe based upon my interactions, my experience, talking to people, coaching, counseling, 24 years almost. The reason why you could potentially, your, your, the reason why your peace is being disrupted is because there is a Jesus deficit in your life. Yo, go back to the basics. The reason why you don't have or or the reason why your peace that you have is being disrupted is because there is a deficit of Jesus. Like, yo, Jesus' parents had Jesus and they were leaving the temple and they were going about their way home and they left Jesus behind. They didn't even realize they had misplaced the Lord. Could it be in all of your doing and all of your building and all of your accomplishing and all of your going to and fro and all the friends you have that you need more of Jesus, not more of church, because some of us look more like church than we do Jesus. Could it be that you have a Jesus deficit in your life? and when there is a jesus deficit in your life you will find yourself with aches and pains and worries and stress and anger and bitterness confusion confusion Hmm. confusion speaking of confusion the devil would have nothing more than to get you to focus on confusion Mm. To be confused. If I can get you disoriented and disillusioned and focus on things that don't matter, I can disrupt your peace. Jesus deficit. Mm. But then the question is. If I understand that my peace is a gift and my peace is available to me right now. My peace, because it's a gift. And Jesus says, my peace that I leave with you. If you're telling me that my peace and the peace of God is available to me right now, and you're sharing with me the reason why I may not have had peace or my peace has been disrupted. And now then I understand these things. Then tell me, how do I get my peace back? Hmm. That's a good question. Can I help you? If you tiptoe with me over the daffodils of the text, and you find Philippians chapter four, verse six and verse seven, can you can you can can you find that for me? I want you to make this. I want you to plant your tent here. How do I get my peace back? That's why you're here. I lost my peace, Pastor. How do I get my peace back? I got money. I got a nice home. I got my health and my strength. But I don't have peace. How do I get my peace back? And for someone saying, how do I get my, how do I get peace that you're telling me is available for me to download? Great question. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Can I read it with you? Be anxious for nothing somebody type nothing don't allow anything to make you anxious don't allow anything to fill you with anxiety instead the text says but in everything by prayer somebody type prayer but in every single thing by prayer oh and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then it says what? And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I'm talking about, you don't have to understand to have peace. It doesn't have to make sense to have peace. You can be sick and still have peace. You could be in prison and still have peace. You can be single and still have peace. You can be married and going through issues. It doesn't matter. You can still have peace. You can be going through a divorce and still have peace. You can have debt, still peace. Which surpasses all understanding. The peace, what will the peace do? The peace is what will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus. The scripture says, if you want peace in everything, what? Not dancing, in everything, what? Not talking, not complaining, not gossiping, not going to church, not singing a song, but first, in everything you do, prayer. Let your requests be made known, not to the next person, that's cool, But first, make your request known to God, and then it says, and the peace of God, which you may not even understand, it will guard your heart, it will guard your mind because of Jesus. So what are you saying? You can pray back your peace. If you want peace, you can pray it back, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I confess I've been doing it my way. I've been lying to my own self, depending on my own strength. God, I can't help my parent. I can't help my children, God. I'm sorry. I've been trying to make it work on my own strength. I need you, God. Forgive me for making this about me. God, I need peace. I need the peace that you talk about in Philippians chapter 4. The peace that I cannot quite comprehend. The peace that will guard my heart and my mind. You said, let every prayer request known to you and you will give me peace. I'm sorry, God. I hadn't been talking to you about it. I've just been handling it on my own been trying to pay the bills and and count my change on my own I've been trying to find that relationship on my own I've been trying to fix my marriage on my own I've been trying to fix my children on my own I've been trying to fix my mama on my own I've been trying to fix my father on my own God I'm sorry I need my peace back you said God the peace you have left for me And so I want to access it and reaccess it right now, God, in the name of Jesus, because I can't do this. If it's going to be done, it has to be done through you. So right now, God, in the name of Jesus, give me my peace. It's a gift and I want to cherish it. I want to protect it. It's a gift that you have given me. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody type, you can pray your peace back. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Make your request known to God. And then the peace that belongs to God will guard your heart and your mind. If you want your peace back, I don't care what your situation is, I don't care what happened this morning, yesterday, right now because it's readily available to you. I know that your heart is hurting. I know that you're angry. I know that you're stressed. I know that you're tired. I know that you're anxious. I know that you're worrying about tomorrow. But if you want your peace back, you have to pray it back. You have to pray the circumstance out of your hands. You got to pry it out of your hands. Pry and pray, pry and pray. Somebody say, pry and pray. If you want your peace back, you got to pry and you got to pray that thing out of your hands and you got to give it to God. I got to pry it out of my hands and I got to pray it into God's hand. God, give me my peace back. The second thing you have to do, if we look at this text, you got to fix your focus. If you keep reading verse eight and nine of chapter four of Philippians, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, the Bible says meditate on these things. Let me give you a better translation. It says, and now, dear brother, Philippians chapter four, verse eight and nine. And now, dear brothers and sisters, watch this. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true on what is honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And the Bible says, think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If you're going to recover your peace, not only can you pray your peace back, but you got to fix your focus. You got to... Fix what you've been looking at, because the reason why you may not have peace is because you've been looking at the wrong thing and you have the wrong perspective. And so it could be that if you fix your lens, you fix what you've been focusing on, that the anxiety will leave. The fear, the frustration, and the anger will be put into proper perspective. It could be that you haven't been looking at the right thing. The Bible says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Mm. Fix your thoughts. So you gotta fix your focus. Now I'm gonna help you. If you want to recover your peace, Not only do you fix, look at that same text. Not only do you fix your focus, but you have to practice being peaceful. You have to practice healthy habits. Look at what he says, verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then God, then the God of peace will be with you. Ah, so it's not only just fixing your focus, but it's also you got to practice what you already know to do. See, you're looking for new revelation. You're looking for a new sermon. You're looking for a new message. You're looking for a different. No, no. God is saying, fix your focus, but do what you already know to do. You got to practice being peaceful. You got to put into practice what you've already, what's already been revealed to you. So you're telling me that I have to pray my peace back. Not, not the, the church ain't going to pray it back. The pastor can't pray it back. Your friends can't pray it back. If you want your peace back, you got to take peace into your own hands and you got to pray that thing back yourself. You got to fix your focus. You got to practice being peaceful. Now, here's one that I need to help you with. You got to stop responding if God didn't give you the words to speak. Or let me say this: if you want to get your peace back, stop responding. Sit there right there. And for some other somebody else, don't respond unless God gives you the words. Make sense? Alright? If you were looking at Ezekiel chapter 3, If you look at Ezekiel chapter 2, you will discover that God gave him the scroll, the word of God to eat. God said, eat the word, eat the word first, and let the word penetrate your own heart first before I send you out to go and speak to somebody else. And in chapter 3, at the latter part of chapter 3, around about verse 26 and 27, God said, I need you to go home. I need you to lock yourself up, and I'm going to cause your tongue to touch the roof roof of your mouth so you're unable to talk, so that you're mute, and you will be silent until I Give you words to speak. And when I want you to speak to the people, because he had a problem with the people, right? He didn't like the people. He, he had something in his heart for the people. And so God said, no, I need you to be silent until I give you words. And when I give you the words, then you will speak to the people what I give you, not what you want. One reason and one way to get your peace back is don't respond. And don't speak unless God gives you the words to utter. Because you are trying to fix and to maneuver and to make things and God didn't give you that. God wants to know you can be a good steward of what he has given you, All right? So stop responding if God didn't give you words to speak. Number five. I'll give this to you and I'll try to wrap it up there. Surround yourself with mentors who can see what you can't and who have been where you want to go. If you want to discover or find your peace, surround yourself with people who can help you. What I like about that is in Acts chapter 19, verse 23 through 31, how can I say this? How can I say this? I want to I paraphrase this. If you look at Acts chapter 19, verse 23 through 31, Paul had been preaching the gospel, and now that Paul has been preaching the gospel, it has now disrupted the economy And so now all of the people who are responsible for making wooden images and statues so that all of the people in the land can worship, they're losing money because now they're told that their idols are worthless. And so the people are no longer purchasing idols. And so now the town is coming together because they're upset at Paul. And so they seized two of Paul's friends. And now what's powerful, if you look at the text yourself, I promise you it's powerful. The Bible says the town has come together and there was complete, the word that they use in all translation, confusion. There was complete confusion as they entered the amphitheater. And the Bible says that Paul wanted to enter the amphitheater to get his friends and to stop everything but the disciples did not allow him to go into the place of confusion. And then it says there were some leaders who sent word and sent a message to Paul and begged him not to go. You need both friends and you need mentors who can keep you even when you don't know what's ahead of you. You need to surround yourself with a community of people, friends who When you want to get into some confusion, they can talk you off of the ledge. Like like he's about to enter into confusion because the devil would love nothing more than for you to be confused and you to waste energy in situations. Now, God can handle that. Then leaders said, listen, let me tell you, Paul, you don't need to make that step. You don't need to go that route. Let God handle that. And you need to surround yourself with friends and mentors who can help you and who can keep you, who can encourage you in times where you need direction. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, just, just, just look at it. Just look at it. It's around verse 30 and 31 of chapter 19. That's powerful. And six. This is the last one. I'll just leave it here. If you want To get your peace back, sometimes you got to remove yourself from the premises. In that same chapter, chapter 19, Paul wanted to enter the amphitheater where there was complete confusion, the Bible says, but his disciples and his friends encouraged him to leave. If you want to get your peace back, it could mean that it's time for you to leave that situation. Sometimes the best thing for you to do is to remove yourself from the premises. Think about your situation. Your peace may return when you choose to leave. Your peace may return when you choose to take a step back and say, I need to care for myself. Your peace may return when you choose to block, when you choose to disengage from that page or from that social media. Your peace may come back when you remove that number from your phone, when you remove yourself from premises. Mm. That's powerful. But then you tell me how to get my peace back, but you're not telling me how to protect my peace. Ah, It's simple, difficult, but simple. You got to take, number one, take your thoughts captive. Scripture says that you should take your every single thought captive and you should bring it under subjection to Jesus Christ. If you're going to protect your peace, you got to take every thought captive. You can't control the thoughts that come to your mind, but you can control control the thoughts that try to to build a house you can't control the thoughts that come to your mind but you can control the thoughts that try to build a fortress there so what you have to do is what i always encourage if you're trying to control and take back your thinking you then need to create a thought journal what have you been focusing on the most so you know where to direct your prayers. You got to take every thought captive. That thought can't stay there. But when you take the thought captive and you cast it down, you got to replace it with scripture, not affirmation. No, no, no. no. You got to replace it with accurate scripture. You got to quote the scripture and plead that scripture that speaks directly against what you've been thinking. And this takes work. This means I got to create a thought journal. I got to take time. What have I been anxious about? What have I specifically been thinking about the most that's been conflicting and compromising my health? And then you need to find scripture that speaks directly to those things. And every time that thought comes to your mind, you stop it. You cast it down. And then because you already done the work, you got the scripture ready and you speak that scripture in its place and you keep doing that. You keep doing that. You keep doing that until that thought never returns. Take every thought captive. And the second thing you got to do, you have to pray before you respond. What do I mean? In Nehemiah chapter four. Verses one through six, Nehemiah and the people of God are building a wall around Jerusalem, and he had resistance. He had adversaries. He had Sanballat, Sanballat Tobiah, and he had a lot of other people who were trying to stop the wall from being built. And the Bible says that they wanted to throw them into confusion. Read it for yourself. The Bible says they wanted to throw them into confusion. Why? Because the devil wants you to spend your time and energy in confusion. But the Bible says when the people, the agitators, saw the work being done, that they started to speak against them and they tried to throw them into confusion. And you want to know the very first thing when you look at the text, verse four of Nehemiah chapter four. The first thing Nehemiah does is he prays to God. Instead of responding to the text, as soon as they sent that text, that angry text, you know, the bubble shows up, you know, you need to press delete. They got me messed up. I I know they got you. I believe that they got you messed up. I, I know that they came to you incorrect. I get it. But the devil wants for you to spend your energy in this bubble the devil wants you to spend your energy going back and forth with this confusion Mm -mm. delete 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 put the phone down talk to the lord before you respond because it could be that god handle it on god's timing and it could mean that you don't need to respond And so first thing he does is he prays before he ever responds. And then God ends up working it out instead of Nehemiah having to work it out himself. You pray before you respond. And the last thing is you stick to your boundaries. Nehemiah chapter six, verses one through four. He's on top of the wall. The wall is almost being finished. And Sam Balak and some of the agitators were trying to get his attention. And you know what he said? I cannot come down to you. I will not stop a good work to give you my attention. I will not waste energy and time on you. You can spread the rumors because this is what happened. They started to spread rumors. They started to gossip. And instead of trying to get involved with what's going on in the cubicles at your job or at your job via email or whatever's going on, instead, he says, I'm not coming down. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. And what he teaches me, if you want to protect your peace, you have to learn to stick to your boundaries. Your boundaries protect you. They keep you from going out when you don't need to, and they keep things from coming in when they don't need to. They're there for a reason. Is your peace a gift or is your peace compensation? Because if it's compensation, I want to challenge you to give this peace that temporary peace to God and to receive the gift of peace that God gives you so that no matter if that prayer gets answered I'm still at peace no matter if I get any more money on the job or I get a promotion I still have peace. No matter if marriage comes today, tomorrow, five years, 10 years, or ever, I'm still at peace. No matter if my marriage continues to go through stress and difficulty, Lord, I still got peace. You want peace that is from God because the peace that God gives is what protects your mind and your heart. Lord, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, ears heard, and our hearts have felt. We pray that the words that have been spoken are not just mere words, but this is food that you have endorsed and that you have distributed. So God, I pray that you bless every hearer and that you speak to them in a language and in a tone and in a way that they can receive. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Peace, if this message has been helpful in any way to you, do me one favor, share this with that person, share it to your page, share it to someone because more people than not need to recover, they need to protect, the peace that God has freely given.